Yes, we do. So whenever I go golfing, I try to pick up my golf balls without actually, you know, stopping. How often do you go golfing? I go golfing with my dad whenever he's in town. Uh, this is news to me. Brentley the golfer, okay. Go. He, you you go to pick up your own golf balls? Yeah, what? in the golf cart. And Why have go- you dropped your go- your golf balls? Because we play uh, best ball. Because me and my older brother and my younger brother, actually me and my brothers are awful like golfing, but my dad's pretty good. Like okay. He actually plays tournaments. We just play whenever he's in town. Right, right. So every single time it's me and my older brother, or actually both all three of us, relearning how to play golf while my dad's just like patiently waiting for us. <laughs> so we play best ball so it doesn't take like four or five hours. Fair enough. So we go to pick up our balls, and the goal is to pick up your ball without stopping the cart, and every time we sing the Indiana Jones theme song. (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome to Two Weird Didn't Watch, the show where we make fun of movies that we have not seen, based on nothing but their very odd descriptions. I'm Branley. And I'm Albert. And today, we're kicking things off with... The Curse, from 1987, almost at 97, different era, apparently. Yeah, very much so. So what is... A meteorite crashes on the farm of the severely dysfunctional Hayes family. Alright. You know, like most curses, they're brought from outer space by a meteorite. Hey, you know, I'm cool with uh, sci-fi fantasy. Fair enough. That's why Star Wars exists. The Hayes... I don't think this is going to be Star Wars, Brentley. I don't think we're going to be quite that high art. The Cthulhu franchise, then. Uh, That maybe. The Hayes family are a really messed up bunch. Stern, fire, and brimstone religious zealot, Patriarch Nathan, essayed with... Essayed? Essayed? Parenthetical starts with the word essayed. Okay. I'm going to start this sentence over again. The Hayes family are a really messed up bunch. Stern, fire, and brimstone religious patriarch zealot Nathan essayed with eye-rolling hammy brio by Claude Atkins. <laughs> they just, in that parenthetical, they dropped every single ACT word that they knew. Not ACT. SAT? I took the ACT, apparently. Different thing. His smart but unhappy foster son, Zach... Who's played by Will Wheaton. Oh, okay. Lusty, faithless, frustrated wife, Francis. Crude, browbeating, moronic son, Cyrus. Guys, just put the thesaurus down. Put it down and back away. Uh, and the sentence continues. And cute little daughter, Alice. What's her problem? I don't know. She's played by Amy Wheaton. Possibly related to Will Wheaton? Was that his, uh, his, his, uh, prize for being in the movie? <laughs> Give my, put my relative in this movie. She's 43. She's not really right for the cute little part. I said I want it! I want, I'm Will Wheaton and I want my, my 40 year old sister being in the movie, this little girl! <laughs> Am I doing the Will Wheaton wine right? I don't, I know he gets a lot of crap for being whiny in Star Trek. That's all. He I'm... did, and then people get moved on, and then now he kind of owns it and makes fun of himself for it. Okay. He's actually a pretty chill dude. So, <laughs> unless you forgot, we were talking about a meteorite that crashed. Right. Into these incredibly lavishly described families' lives. And to continue about that, 
Some gunk from the meteorite contaminates the water. So it's like the color out of space. Kind of, yeah. It's literally just the color out of space, actually. Because the last sentence says, Pretty soon, the crops, animals, and even several members of the Hayes family begin to mutate in various disgusting and disturbing ways. It's like Slither, but lame. Or the color out of space. I haven't read the color out of space. It's exactly this premise. It's like there's some magic meteorite that fell in this family's well, I, and everything's horrifying. I have horrifying. seen that. Um, I can't. It's like a. Ter- it's not Tales from the Crypt, but it's something similar to that. And it's got uh, Stephen King, and he plays a farmer. I you've talked about yeah, this that. before, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Meteor lands there, and he's like meteor, <laughs> and it's amazing to watch. Next up, we have. The Curse 2. The Bite. Also known as The Farm. Oh. From 1989. So is it The Curse 2, The Bite, or The Curse 2, The Farm, or is it just also no, no, known as it's, The Farm? It's also known as The Farm. This is... Here's where we get into a fun little bit of trivia about this series that we're going to be talking about here, Brentley. The Curse franchise. Oh. Is cobbled together from movies... That have nothing to do with oh, each like other. Oh, like the Robo Vampire. I, I think so, possibly, yes. So this originally comes out as The Farm, and they're like, that the Curse movie did well enough, let's retitle The Curse. The, I mean, retitle The Farm, The Curse 2, The Bite, and we'll get all those, I don't know, real big fans of The Curse oh, in? Yeah. You know, that franchise, you know how people are real big about The Curse. Oh, yeah, no. I they won't. It's like you know the Halloween franchise and Friday the Thirteenth, and then the Curse is right up there. Mm-hmm. And I, personally, I'm sick of it, Brantley. But the franchise has the power and panache to really just bring people in, even if you just slap the name on a completely unrelated movie. And that's what they did in 1989. Traveling to Bakersfield, California, Lisa Snipes and her boyfriend Clark Newman. <laughs> Warned away. <laughs> Clark Newman might be the whitest name I've ever heard in my life. It's up there. They're warned away from going there, I guess, to Bakersfield, California. Yes. But decide on a shortcut to get there. What? Okay. Yeah, that's how. So if somebody's most like, don't work. go to Bakersfield. They're having that not only epidemic. Not only do they respond that they're going there, they're finding a faster way. <laughs> Usually the like the Harbinger character is warning them against doing the thing. But I think that probably the shortcut is going to be the problem here. They weren't warned against going on a shortcut. They were just warned against going to Bakersfield. <laughs> I don't know what this person... I think there's some great horror going in Bakersfield, but we never get there, because they take the shortcut and wind up in some side story that also has a horror movie. So the next movie is like a like mid-quel that just takes place in Bakersfield, but what's actually going wrong there? There's a separate, like, harbinger who, like, is going to talk to them about the shortcut, but they've already been gotten to. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I don't want to double down. Um but man... Yeah, Bakersfield, that's real bad. Um, Bakersfield, not... This is a good way to get mm, there, though. It's, it's a good way, but nah, they're not even going to make there, and this is actually worse. <laughs> Should I stop them? I don't know. Along the shortcut, they come across a horde of snakes in the road, and getting back to a mo- hotel, he gets bitten. I guess that would be Clark. Right. 
So there's this Bye. river of snakes. Well, that's a great question because the snakes are in the road, and then they get to a hotel, and then they're bitten. The implication the would be by a snake. It, like, <laughs> crap, like in the, the undercarriage. <laughs> <laughs> I think her tire's going flat, honey. The picture just like a cartoon going. where the snake just like replaced the tire. It was like this was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> that's how snakes sound, by the way. It's all four tires. Yes. Really. Just all snakes. <laughs> it's a Flintstones like contraption. <laughs> they're 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 wrapped around the, the crankshaft sort of monsters style, monster truck style driving the car. A living <laughs> <laughs> Fun times. A fellow proprietor, Harry Morton, second whitest name that I've ever heard, offers an antidote and they leave. That was a good movie. Moving on. Let's go on to the next curse movie. I guess, do you think this guy has just dealt with the fact that there's like a horde of snakes around his hotel? And he's like, yeah, we got yeah, lots of antidote, yeah, it's, man. It's a thing, dude. Just don't worry. We got you. I've picked... You remember how they you, said man. location, location, location in real estate class? They should have said snakes! Because that turns out to be real important, too. Not a great, not a great spot. That said, super cheap. It is, yes. And they do have the complimentary snake antidote. <laughs> Only for him discover, to discover later on that it was a mutated snake which was responsible and races off to find them. The hairy... So, so this the, is just an excuse to have the chase hunt, snake hunting them. No, no, I'm sorry. The person who races off to find them is Harry Morton. Oh. So he's he's used to snakes. He's like, no, we've got antidote on lock. And he gives him some antidote. And then he, like, looks at the snake and he's like, wait a minute. This snake is, I don't know, how would you know it was mutated? What, like what mutation would it have? Is it like, That's oh, unusual. wait a minute. At some point in this, you know, in all the fuss, I forgot to notice that it had three heads. Which they can have. They can, yes. Two is more common, but. I, w- I was going to say two, and I just wanted to amp it up a little bit more. There was a fun. turtle that had two heads, and it was about six years, and then it started growing a third one in between them. I saw that in uh, Three-Headed Shark Attack. Very much the same thing. Yeah. A little faster, though. <laughs> a little bit. While chasing them down, he begins to mutate into a deadly creature from his hand. Is he a snake zombie? I don't know. He wasn't the one that got bit initially. Maybe eventually. Maybe he's been bit a couple times. He's like, oh, you know, I've been wondering about the scales I keep finding, but I didn't think it was that big. It's like, you ever seen? No. It's a movie. The title is like six S's in a row. I, I, you know, I've seen the cover of it. I am familiar with, but I have not actually watched it. Yeah. Anyway, he begins to mutate into a deadly creature from his hand and refuses to have anyone do anything with it. (laughs) Why not? I don't. There's like a doctor who's like chasing after him like, sir, we have the antidote. He's like, no, I, my hotel, the reputation of my hotel (laughs) is at stake. It must stand. It's trying to be bought out for that guy who runs the hotel Inferno and dang it. I can't (laughs) let that happen. They're going to leave a bad Yelp review! (laughs) (laughs) They're going to start going booking things with... I forgot what the name is. Airbnb. Airbnb! That's our joke. (laughs) 
<sighs> Taking matters into his own hands. Oh, good. One of which is, don't forget, let's, let's not forget mutating. I'm not picturing that it's turned into a snake. Like his hand is a snake now. Oh, yeah. And it's trying to bite him. Oh, so definitely, like, yeah. It's like, and, uh... It's rough, too, because there's no elbow, so there's not, like... It's just it's, wiggling it's tough around. to fight off, yeah. He he's just, like, at it by the throat, so he can't really grab things. So he's still, like, kind of, like, pin it down so he can use his hand for brief time, <laughs> periods of time. Right, but then, like, when he gets attacked, like, inevitably by some hick farmer in the middle of the movie... And the snake has self-preservation. It strikes him in the face. Yeah, so it does help him out. It's sort of like a venom... Not not like the, the the comic book character Venom situation where it's like bad for him, but also kind of gives him superpowers when he needs them. Mm-hmm. He, ta- he takes matters into his own hand. I'm sorry. Taking matters into his own hands, he goes on the run and tries to get away, only for the snake to return Ooh. and force a final showdown. It's It's not implied that this is a giant snake. There's nothing like magical about it. We're talking about it like a regular size snake. It's just sort of leisurely slithering after this guy. This is snakes not... can be fast. Okay, like very, very fast. I, I'm not feeling like it though. Faster than humans. I'm not feeling this final showdown with one snake. We've seen a whole river of snakes crossing the road, uh, like wrapped around these people's tires, and then this one snake is like, "By the way, I'm mutated." This one's gonna be a problem. I'm not into it. I refuse. You refuse. <laughs> But we have to continue on, because next up we have The Curse 3, Blood Sacrifice, which okay. was originally released as Panga. Panga. Panga! In 1991. It's like that old Pingas mean. In Africa, an English sugarcane plantation's owner's pregnant American wife is cursed for her sister's stopping the tribal sacrifice of a goat. But why her? I don't know. Well, it's like another white woman will blame you. <laughs> I can't tell them apart. All white people do look the same. <laughs> All look the same. <sighs> Dr. Pearson, played by Christopher Lee. Of course. A raspy voice doctor with asthma. <laughs> Who also has ties to the you witch know, the doctor. the many words you could apply to Christopher Lee, raspy voice is now one of them. I guess he is in this voice. In this movie. He's just being raspy. But he also has ties to the witch doctor, who... I, I, I like that they sort of have, like, a like a co-practice. <laughs> like, Pearson and... Uh, I don't know what the witch doctor's name would be. Give me a good witch doctor name. I got nothing. Which, James. <laughs> Pearson and I got nothing? Pearson and James, you know, practitioners of medicine, and one of them's like, I will d- deal with the demons and stuff, and you can deal with giving people antibodies and nonsense like that. And he's like, this is a great, this is a great plan. And they'd like, clean up? Yeah. Anyway, he attends to the needs of his neighboring locals. The ceremony is interrupted. The blood sacrifice removed. A summoned monster from the sea might just wreak havoc on them all. So, in this universe, if you don't make your blood sacrifice, you get Godzilla. Yeah, no, it was, like, the reason they cursed this woman, I guess, is because... You've killed us all! (laughs) You've summoned the sea beast! We were trying to stop it! We were keeping Cthulhu asleep, 
And then you had to stop us. We were like, oh no, the poor little goat. Why are you going to kill him? Did you have even seen Jurassic Park, ma'am? It's not going to come out for two more years, but you know that they feed the T-Rex a goat, right? Like, chill for two (laughs) seconds. We need, like, it's just a goat. Somebody was going to eat him anyway. He doesn't give milk. They do give milk. This was a guy goat, though. Oh, okay, then, yeah. He's just good for the food, then. (laughs) Finally, for this episode, we have The Curse 4, The Ultimate Sacrifice. Originally released as Catacombs. All right. The plot involves a monastery in Italy. Okay, cool. But that what, what was that response? They're just cool. Are you like I'm? I'm glad it's actually in the plot. And just, they don't just pan past it. Oh, glad it's important. It's not just random scenery. <laughs> when they establish long tracky southern shots, and this movie's gonna be in Brooklyn and not the Himalayas. We just saw those mountains. Silent were pretty. movie. <laughs> yeah. We did. We did have this pretty establishing footage, but that's it, guys. Like we did uh, just for the credits. Now it's going to be. We our purchased this, and work. now it's going to be in fifteen of our movies minimum. Somebody this, had a helicopter and they flew over some mountains. This and... movie's about submarines. Yeah. Well, that's that's some water. That's in nature. Therefore, mountains. Put the credits over it. The film opens during the Middle Ages, actually. Oh. The word actually is in the sentence. I did not insert that editorializing. We see some monks trying to perform an exorcism on this very decrepit I'm looking man. I'm glad they clarified that this is actually in the medieval period. I would assume this was, you know, like far future. I mean, I'm on board with exorcisms in the future, Brantley. That seems like an untapped market. <laughs> Where's my sci-fi exorcist? My cyber cross compels you, demon! <laughs> Yes! <laughs> Maybe. It, it, like deploys out of his arm. <laughs> Lights uh, up. Or it's just like on his iPhone. There you go. Oh, yeah. Hold on a Plays second. Plays the actual lantern chanting. I've got the like thing. the model from two years ago. It takes a while to load. All right, Cyber, cyber Crucifix. <laughs> Jesus' J- eyes open occasionally. Yeah. He's like, hi. So it's like, ah, oh, I didn't rotate you on the screen. Hang on, sideways. Give me a sec. I'm looking, I'm just Googling the world. The world? I, I'm Googling, Googling You're the world. You're going to a lot of stuff you do that. Cyber Exorcist. No, there's nothing. Oh, there's CyberExorcism.com. Ooh. Get your demons out on the internet. Yeah. The nagging question no one dares to ask. <laughs> Are demons online? <laughs> Can they get in you? Possessed hardware? What? <laughs> Nagging question. Okay, so for a second, we're going to take a detour and read from CyberExorcism.com, which starts with the nagging question no one dares to ask. Everyone is talking about the iPhone. A new version of it is always around the corner. But is it the work of Satan? People who have it spend more and more time with it. So I think it is time to ask the ultimate question regarding the most important technical advice. That mankind has ever held in his hand. What was the question? The last sentence is, sorry, there are no polls available at the he moment. He said nobody dares to ask. That includes himself. <laughs> he said he so was So you time. all know the questions. You all know it. I'm too scared. Someone <laughs> needs to ask it. I can't. Here's another post. Possessed hardware is the title of this. 
In May 2009, there were 5,700... No, I'm sorry. 575,000 results for, quote, possessed hardware on Google. Now it's up to 631,000 search results. Just further proof, this is a serious problem. When was this posted? Uh, January 2017. It was posted under fun stuff. So in eight years, there have only been like a hundred and something more. A hundred thousand more. Okay, apparently. but still. A hundred thousand possessed devices. Well, <laughs> results about possessed devices. The phone number of evil. Yeah. I got a phone right now. Let's call it. Does it have it? I'm looking here. Give me the phone number One of evil. One would think that a cursed phone number would at least contain 666, but apparently things are a little bit different in Bulgaria. Well, it would be tempting to have oh. such an easy phone number as 0888888888 to tell your friends it appears to be not very healthy. Okay. I don't think I can First, call Bulgarian. First, Bulgarian Mobitel CEO Vladimir Grashnov died of cancer and being vacant went to an underworld figure who was gunned down in the Netherlands two years later. Again, the fir- cursed phone number was passed on which resulted in the death of another crooked businessman. Two years later, the be- the old best things come in threes does not apply here. The phone number is not reachable anymore. So, first you get cancer. That just, that happens. Second was, was a gangster. <laughs> and then there was a crooked businessman. Likely to be shot down because of his criminality. Uh, you're... Computer may be possessed by a demon. Top 10 evil computers. You gotta know that one's legit. It's got a picture of the scream on it. But all blue. (laughs) Top 10 signs your computer is possessed. The first possessed iPhone is out there. If there's more than one, then yes. I gotta say, this guy is not... They must have got him. Because there's there's not that many posts here, and I'm disappointed. He called the evil phone. (laughs) The demons got him. Uh, we go. So now that we've gotten back off of the sad lack of a cyber sci-fi exorcism movie, um, one of the monks ends up getting. Pos- or, you know what? I should read the video. Yeah, you should start over. <laughs> Plot involves a monastery in Italy. Film opens during the Middle Ages. We see some monks trying to form an exorcism on a decrepit old man. One of the monks. One of the monks ends up getting possessed, but okay. the keep the evil at bay. By sealing the room with some kind of holy seal slash symbol. I'm not a theologist. I don't know what it was. It looked like a picture. I don't know. It was it was like two lines that sort of intersected at a ninety degree angle. I didn't one of them really was a little that. bit shorter and towards the top. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> it then <laughs> it then goes to modern day. Actually, period. Aww. And then after the period, where a young girl who is studying to be a teacher for a religious school goes to the monastery to learn some more things about the Holy Church. Catholic school, all right. Some weird things go on, and a lot of the monks, especially this crazy but very religiously devout one, blame it on her, calling her evil and unclean. Well, she is a woman. They also, I love the vagueness of some weird things. As I, I can, this guy did not put too much thought into the movie. <laughs> I had it on the background, they had some symbol, and then some stuff happened. I, don't know, I was eating, I was eating chips at the time. There were some good chips. It's not Let me write you a review about these Doritos. Let me locos. tell you about these uh, 
these cool ranch Doritos I had. Also, the there was a movie about you know the curse, whatever. I was just, like, mm, just perfect amount of the little flavor dust on there. Not too much, not too little. And at the end, I got to lick it off my fingers, and that was yeah. the best part. There and were there were a few broken at the bottom of the bag, but that's just shipping and handling. Can't just complain about that. You could just get dip it in. You just dump it right into your mouth anyway, and that's that's the best part of the Doritos. Anyway, back to the ultimate sacrifice. Some random things were going <laughs> bad, and this dude blamed it on this girl. I don't know. <laughs> This guy's living his best life. <laughs> it turns out the possessed man in the basement was more than just a possessed person, but is actually, by the way, nice, nice, cute way to stay on tense, my man. <laughs> it was, but now it is, is actually the beast of the apocalypse, the Antichrist himself. I like, so I like that it's not he's possessed by the Antichrist. He was the Antichrist who became a monk and then was himself possessed. According to the flow of this paragraph. It seems that way, yes. Like, he's like, nah, nah, daddy devil man, I ain't doing the evil. And he's like, alright, I gotta put a demon in my kid so he can end the world, because I'm getting tired of this. I didn't send him to devil school so he can go be a monk. It's like a Hellboy kind of thing, where he's like, I reject my my, my true calling. And he's like, I'm gonna no. fact, punch my true calling in the mouth. Oh, well, that'll do it for this week of Too Weird Didn't Watch. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like this episode, don't forget to tell a friend. Check us out over on Patreon at patreon.com slash Didn't Watch, And we'll see you guys next week with more of this show. Bye, guys. Bye.